Match Chat is brought to you by Walters. Make Walters your spot to watch the Capitals. March to the Stanley Cup. Plenty of TVs and beer selections. Game six is Friday night at 7.30 as the Caps are on the brink of elimination. Plus, Walters has every NBA playoff game as well. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The base is loaded, and the 1-1 pitch. Swing and a line drive over the head of the shortstop, Strange Gordon, in the left center, a base hit. Mark Canna comes through in a 1-1 pitch with a single to drive in two runs. Runners first and third with two out top of the first. The Mets two, and the Nationals nothing. Fastball too low to the inside, ball four. Don't hands on hips, showing frustration. It's really all about his fastball here. That's going to get the bullpen going again. As he has walked his fifth batter, second time he has walked Nimmo. Soto, the lead at second, the 2-1 pitch. Swinging a ground ball to third. Soto's going to break for the bag, and he's hung up as Guillaume flips the ball to the shortstop Lindor. Now chasing him toward third. Walker applies the tag. Bell goes for second. Walker throws it in right field. Bell's going for third. Marte's throwing. He's going to be out. Tagged out by Lindor for a double play. Oh, no. And welcome to Nats Chat for Friday, May 13th, 2022, as yes, it is Friday the 13th, but luckily for you, the only Jason who we might talk about on this podcast is Jason Worth, or maybe Jason Marquis, either way, you're okay. Uh, I'm Al Galdi, host of the Al Galdi podcast. Mark Zuckerman is off for this installment of the pod, and uh, I tell you, Mark left me with some gem to, t- <laughs> to talk about with you on this episode of Nats Chat. But actually, we do have a lot to get into here. Uh, so the Nats on Thursday afternoon fell to 11-22 and 22 this season, a 4-1 loss to the New York Mets at Nationals Park. Uh, the Nats lost two of the three games in the series. The Nats now this season a mere 4-13 and 13 at home versus being 7-9 and nine on the road. Uh, now, look, the Mets are off to a great start to their season. Uh, now, I don't trust the Mets, okay? I, like, never trust the Mets. The Mets have this, like, perpetual dark cloud hanging over them. And so, for the Mets, seemingly anything that can go wrong eventually does go wrong. There's a reason that in New York, there's a saying, that's so Mets. But the Mets, so far this season have been really good. Uh, the Mets now are a National League East best 22-11 and 11, with an NL East best run differential of plus 36. You know, the Mets this season have yet to lose a series. So right now, it's not a shocker 
that the rebuilding Nats lost two or three games to the first place Mets. But yeah, I mean, the Nats are not a good team. They're not having a good season. The record is 11 and 22. Uh, the Nats have an NL East worst run differential of minus 30. But I got to tell you, there was something from Thursday afternoon's game that stood out to me in like a big picture way. So shown in attendance at Thursday afternoon's game via Masson was the Nats managing principal owner, Mark Lerner. Now, Mark Lerner traditionally attends many Nats games. So him being in attendance on Thursday afternoon wasn't some massive surprise or anything like that. But for whatever reason, Masson showed Mark in attendance at the game. And it was a reminder of something that's a really big deal right now with the Nats. And that is that the Nats, for all intents and purposes, are up for sale. Now, yes, it may be that the learners do not end up outright selling the Nats. But personally, I do think that we should consider the Nats up for sale. Uh, Remember, April 11th, it was on that day that we learned that the learners had begun exploring selling a portion of the Nats to a new limited investor or new limited investors or just outright selling the team. Now, maybe it ends up being that the learners just sell a portion of the team. But to me, if you're thinking of selling or are open to the possibility of selling, then you're selling, you know? Like if you're open to selling the team outright, then I think that you are selling the team outright. Maybe it doesn't end up working out that way, but the point is you are open to that being the ultimate outcome. So to me, the learners are selling the team. That's the way that I'm looking at this. And so we right now have the Nats not just in a rebuild, but also the Nats having ownership uncertainty. We right now have the Nats with baseball uncertainty and with ownership uncertainty. That's quite the double whammy, right? And you would think that a sale of the Nats is going to take some time because sales of multi-billion dollar sports franchises don't usually happen quickly. Now, I suppose a sale could happen quickly, right? Anything's possible, but we shouldn't be counting on the sale of the Nats happening quickly. So this ownership uncertainty for the Nats could be going on for a while. And so I'm thinking about this watching the game on Thursday afternoon and who on the Nats ended up having a big game on Thursday afternoon. None other than Juan Soto, the man whose contract situation looms over everything with the Nats right now. Uh, Soto on Thursday afternoon as the Nats starting right fielder and number two batter, two for four with a solo homer and a double. Uh, More on his day in a bit. So here we have the Nats now at 11 and 22. In the midst of a rebuild with major ownership uncertainty and Soto having two seasons left of team control after this season. I mean, whatever chance there was of Soto signing a long term contract extension with the Nats for now would seem out the window. And it's debatable whether he and his agent, Scott Boris, have ever truly been open to a contract extension with the Nats to begin with. But now, I mean, again, think about this. And this just sort of like crystallized, I thought, on Thursday afternoon with Mark Lerner sitting there and Juan Soto having this big game and the Nats losing again. But rebuilding team plus major ownership uncertainty plus Soto after this season being just two years away from free agency and the open market and the bidding war that almost certainly would ensue. uh, What do you think? You know, like if you're Juan Soto, what are you thinking? right now. It just feels right now 
that the chance of Soto signing a contract extension with the Nats is like microscopic, you know, because nothing seems to be trending in that direction. Nothing seems to be suggesting that a Soto extension with the Nats could be happening at any point in the near future. So I was thinking about all of this while watching this 4-1 Nats loss to the Mets at Nationals Park on Thursday afternoon. But then I also thought about this, who the Nats' opponent was. The Mets. And their newish owner, Steve Cohen, and how much him buying the Mets has changed things for the Mets. Now, no, the Mets haven't actually won anything since Cohen bought the team, but the Mets now are financial players like never before. Steve Cohen completed his purchase of the Mets in November 2020. He performs real time net worth on Thursday was worth 17.4 billion dollars. For comparison's sake, the learners per Forbes real-time net worth on Thursday were worth 4.1 billion dollars. Steve Cohen is worth more than four times what the learners are worth. The Mets recently designated Robinson Cano for assignment eating tens of millions of dollars still owed to Cano. Money no longer matters to the Mets. And so I do wonder if the Nats get a new owner like a Steve Cohen. And no, someone like that is not easy to find. I get that, right? But, you know, Jeff Bezos is an obvious name to bring up. Uh, Elon Musk is a name to bring up. I mean, who knows? But if someone who is absurdly rich, even by absurdly rich standards, buys the Nats and wants to make a splash with the Nats, maybe a new owner is in fact exactly what could get a Juan Soto contract extension done. Maybe as bleak as things appear to be right now when it comes to the Nats signing Juan Soto to a contract extension could end up changing big time over the next, say, 12 months. If, in fact, the Nats' next owner, if, in fact, there is going to be a next owner, ends up being some kind of Richie Rich who really wants to make an immediate impact. I mean, even if it's not a Jeff Bezos or an Elon Musk, you know, you think about an ownership group led by Ted Leonsis, and Ted's name already has come up. We know that Ted Leonsis values stars and is not afraid to pay stars. We have seen that with his ownership's of the Capitals and Wizards. You know, maybe an ownership group led by Ted Leonsis would make it a point to get a contract extension with Soto done. But right now, I don't know about you, but an extension for Soto with the Nats under the current circumstances feels nearly impossible. Uh, All right. As for Soto's performance on Thursday afternoon, so he went two for four with a solo homer and a double. Uh, Soto in the bottom of the fourth had a leadoff full count double off the right center field wall. And Soto in the bottom of the ninth had a two-out solo homer to right center field off Mets closer Edwin Diaz to cut the Nats deficit to 4-1. How about the metrics on this homer? So the homer per stat cast went a projected 394 feet. Okay, I mean, that's impressive. That's not like overly impressive. But the homer per stat cast had an exit velocity of 105.8 miles per hour. The pitch from Diaz per StatCast was a 100.6 mile per hour four-seam fastball. So the pitch came in at 100.6 miles per hour, and the baseball went bye-bye at 105.8 miles per hour. Uh, That was some shot by Soto given the pitch from Diaz. But going back to that Soto double in the bottom of the fourth, Uh, That double preceded the latest base running 
embarrassment by the Nats. The Nationals run themselves into two outs on the same play. Soto's out 5-6-1. Walker throws in at right field and Bell's cut down by Marte trying to go to third. And of all the things from the actual game on Thursday afternoon, this is the thing that sticks with you. This base running embarrassment by the Nats may be a new low for this season. Uh, This base running embarrassment was really bad. This base running embarrassment also was one of the more creative and unique base running embarrassments that you'll ever see. So Josh Bell in the bottom of the fourth came up to bat with Juan Soto on second. No outs and the Nats trailing 3-0. Bell hit a grounder to the Mets third baseman, Luis Guillorme, who quickly got Soto caught in a rundown. Uh, Soto was tagged out by the Mets starting pitcher, Taiwan Walker, while sliding into third base. Bell then slid into second base. This as Walker's throw to second base sailed wide and into the outfield. Well, Bell then took off for third base. But Bell ended up being tagged out by a mile at third base, off running toward third base with his head down, and thus not seeing Soto still at third base. And the Mets right fielder, Starling Marte, made a strong throw to third base. And so what ended up happening was Bell got tagged out at third base while Soto was laying stomach down in the base path and touching third base while on the infield dirt. I don't know if I believe what I just saw. So that's a 5-6-1-9-6 double play. And I can bet, Dave, we'll never see another one of those. This entire sequence was so strange and so quirky and looked so bizarre and was so disappointing given that the sequence involved two of the Nats' top hitters, right? In Juan Soto and Josh Bell, two guys who absolutely should know better. Uh, The mistakes by the Nats in this sequence are almost too many to count. You had the bad read by Soto resulting in him being caught in the rundown to begin with. You then had Soto just staying at third base. You had Bell running with his head down and not seeing Soto still at third base. You had a potential Nats rally. Again, Juan Soto on second, no outs. Josh Bell batting eradicated with the play, ultimately being a double play. Like, you can go on and on and on with how many things were wrong with this play from a Nats perspective. Uh, Nats manager Davey Martinez during his postgame press conference on Thursday afternoon on this latest base running boo-boo by his Nats. Uh, it wasn't good. Um, but Juan thought the ball, he was going to backhand the ball deeper in the hole. He thought he could make it the third. Uh, JB slid in the second, saw the ball go by him, and he thought it was, it was out in the outfield, so he just took off running. So just a, just took us out of a big inning right there. I mean, you know, you're down, we're down. They got, you know, I think Juan's got to see the ball through right there um, and hold off. So, you know, Juan, talk, I talked to him about it. JB, you know, once again, just trying to be overly aggressive. But those are two big mistakes, you know. We, we've had a chance with, our, with some of our big hitters up there driving some runs, and um, we ran into two outs. Ideally, how would that sequence have played out? Stay. Watch the ball through. I mean, we're down. See the ball go through the infield. I mean, that's how that should have worked out. Yeah, Davey Martinez was right about that. I mean, that play with Juan Soto and Josh Bell was amateur hour. And like I said, they should know better, okay? They are better than that. The Nats are making way too many outs on the base paths. We're seeing this over and over and over again. And, you know, some of this, yes, may be a function of Nats players trying too hard with the offense still not in a very good place. But, you know, some of this, maybe even most of this, 
is just bad decisions that are being made, uh, either by players or by the Nats third base coach, Gary DeSarcina. You know, DeSarcina has presided over way too many Nats being thrown out at uh, various home plates across the majors so far this season. Hey guys, it's Al Galdi for Window Nation. It's graduation season, and so that means it is Window Nation's graduation sale. If your old windows are failing or just not making the grade, here's a homework assignment. Call Window Nation and get to the head of the class with 0% financing for five full years, 60 months, and get two free windows with every two that you buy. Window Nation windows are the best. They are made right here locally in the Washington, D.C., Baltimore area. Over 1,500 custom window combinations are available. Vinyl, wood, fiberglass. Price quotes are valid for six months. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com and tell Window Nation that Al Galdi sent you. You know, the longer that you have old, drafty windows, the more money that you're wasting on your heating and cooling bills. Window Nation has saved customers over $60 million on energy bills. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com and make sure that you ask Window Nation for the graduation sale that you heard about from Al Galdi. That's 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com and get the special offer. Mention my name, Al Galdi, when you talk to Window Nation. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. 
So three and two on Bell. Here's the kick and the pitch and a swing and a pop-up. Shallow left. Down the line. Foul ground racing over there. The third baseman, Guillaume, makes the catch and foul ground. And the game is over. And the Mets have won it. They take the series from the Nationals two games to one. The Nats on Thursday afternoon did have another one of their very unimpressive offensive games. Just one run, just four hits, just one walk. 0 for 1 with runners in scoring position. Yeah, the Nats had just one at-bat with a runner in scoring position the entire game. It's funny with the Nats right now. Some games, the offense looks great. Some games, the offense looks terrible. Uh, now, you know, in fairness to the Nats, the Mets starting pitcher, Taiwan Walker, was good, and he is having a really good season. Walker, on Thursday afternoon, seven scoreless innings. Uh, as for the Nats starting pitcher on Thursday afternoon, Yoan Adone. Uh, well, you could say that old Yoan had some control problems on Thursday afternoon. Uh, Adone, in this 4-1 loss to the Mets at Nationals Park, allowed three runs in three and two-thirds innings. Uh, his control, again, was not good. He issued five walks, a hit-by-pitch, and a wild pitch. Uh, how about this? He threw 84 pitches, just 44 strikes versus 40 balls, a strike-to-ball ratio that was nearly one-to-one. That's not good. Uh, Adone gave up three hits, all of which were singles. He recorded two strikeouts. Uh, Adone, in the top of the first, allowed two runs. He issued a leadoff six-pitch walk of Brandon Nimmo. Adone issued a one-out seven-pitch walk of Francisco Lindor. Adone issued a two-out six-pitch walk of Jeff McNeil to load the bases. And then Adone gave up a two-out bases loaded two-run single to Mark Canna to shallow left center field for a 2 nothing Mets lead. And then Adone issued a two-out wild pitch. Adone did then toss a scoreless top of the second, but he tossed that scoreless top of the second despite issuing a leadoff four-pitch walk of Luis Guillorme and then issuing a one-out five-pitch walk of Brandon Nimmo. Adone, in the top of the fourth, gave up another run and recorded just two outs. Uh, he gave up a leadoff infield single to Mark Canna on a swinging bunt out of one-two pitch. Adone issued a hit-by-pitch of J.D. Davis. Adone gave up a two-out RBI single to Tomas Nito through the left side of the infield on an 0-2 pitch for a 3 nothing Mets lead. And then that was it. Uh, Davey Martinez then pulled Adone in favor of Erasmo Ramirez. Here was Davey during his postgame press conference on Thursday afternoon on Yoan Adone. He couldn't repeat his delivery. He, um, he was flying open. A lot of arm side misses. Um, a lot of yank curveballs. Um, like I said, he just couldn't. He couldn't really get into his body today, and uh, mechanically, he just wasn't there today. Is that a hard thing to fix big I mean, you, you really, it's, it's something that, you know, you know, we try to get them to, you know, just focus on, you know, focus on your head, focus on, you know, your, your, your feet going straight to the catcher. But it's, you know, when, when, when you're in the middle of a game like that, it's tough to, to do that sometimes, you know. So today he just, he couldn't do it. I've seen him do it in the past, but today he couldn't do it. So you look at Yoan Adone now this season. He over seven starts has an ERA of 7-0-3 and a whip of 1.72. Uh, those numbers are really bad. And here's maybe Adone's worst stat. He, this season, has a walks per nine innings of 6.47. He's averaging 6.47 walks per nine innings. That is an astronomical walk rate. You know, there are things to like about Yoan Adone. He throws hard. He gets strikeouts. Uh, his strikeouts per nine innings this season 
is 8.16. Adon has a mound presence about him that I think is compelling. He is capable of pitching well. You know, Adon in the Nats 1-0 win over the Arizona Diamondbacks at Nationals Park on April 19th in Game 2 of a doubleheader sweep, tossed six into third scoreless innings with five strikeouts, becoming the first Nats starting pitcher this season to complete at least six innings in a game. Uh, but man, Adon is like the new Henry Rodriguez, for those of you who remember him as an ads reliever. Adon, like old H-Rod, uh, cannot find the plate sometimes. Uh, Adon, in a 5 nothing Nats loss to the New York Mets at Nationals Park on April 9th, allowed four runs in four into third innings. He, in that game, issued four walks, a hit-by-pitch, and two wild pitches. Uh, Adon, in an Nats 9-4 loss at the Pittsburgh Pirates on April 14th, allowed six runs in four and two-thirds innings. He, in that game, issued three walks, and a wild pitch. Adone in a 9-3 Nats loss at the San Francisco Giants on April 30th allowed four runs in four innings. He in that game issued three walks and two hit by pitches. Adone in the Nats 3-0 loss at the Los Angeles Angels last Friday night, May 6th, allowed three runs in five innings. He struggled with his control in that game. He issued five walks and a wild pitch. He threw just 51 strikes versus 34 balls over 85 pitches. And he committed a throwing error on a pickoff attempt. You know, Adonis had problems with his pickoff attempts. But also for Adon in that loss at the Angels last Friday night was him giving up just three hits, a double and two singles. And he recorded six strikeouts, including striking out Mike Trout and Shohei Otani in succession on a combined seven pitches for the final two outs in the bottom of the third with a runner on first. Like I said, there are things to like about Yoan Adon, but the control problems loom large. Uh, here was some more from Davey Martinez during his postgame press conference on Thursday afternoon on Yoan Adon. This on trying to keep him from like unraveling during these ongoing struggles. Yeah, I mean, you know, for us, it's not, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, of course you want to win, you know, he wants to go out there and win. But right now, it's it's just about uh, focusing on, on the little things with him. And a lot of it's due to his mechanics. Um, so we got, we just got to keep working with him. I mean, look, you know, for what it's worth, I mean, he, he gave us 80 something pitches, you know, it could have been you know, even uglier than that. And it could have, I mean, it could have destroyed our bullpen for the weekend, but he battled, um, as far as he could battle at one point, you know, at a certain point, I got to make a decision that he's had enough. Um, but you know, he, he threw some double play balls, which was, which helped him out throughout. But you know, when you're walking, you know, that many guys, um, um, it's tough, and your pitch count is up to 80 something, and in, in three and uh, three and uh, two third innings, it's tough. So, um, but we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, Hickey's going to work with him. We'll talk to him about a few things that that we think might help him, and then we'll see we'll see where uh, where he goes in in five days. Yeah, this season is Joanna Doan's age 23 season. The Nats signed Doan as an amateur free agent out of the Dominican Republic in July 2016. He is a young starting pitcher. He is a talented young starting pitcher. The Nats are so desperate right now for quality young starting pitchers. So the development of Doan does matter. And he definitely is a guy to be tracking here as this Nats rebuild goes on. Uh, as for the Nats bullpen on Thursday afternoon, the bullpen was good. Uh, four Nats relievers combined to allow one run in five and a third innings. Erasmo Ramirez tossed one into third scoreless innings. You know, Ramirez now has an ERA this season of 208. Carl Edwards Jr. tossed two perfect innings. Kyle Finnegan tossed a perfect top of the eighth. The lone run that came off the Nats bullpen came off Steve Ciszek in the top of the ninth, during which he gave up a leadoff homer to Mark Canna to left center field for a 4-0 Mets lead. That was some shot by Canada. The homer winner projected 
411 feet for StatCast. Uh, next up for the Nats is the return of former Nats manager Dusty Baker to Nationals Park as the Nats this weekend will face the Dusty Baker-managed Houston Astros in a three-game series. So you have the Dusty Baker storyline, you have the Nats-Astros storyline of those two teams, as you may recall, having met in the 2019 World Series that was won uh, by the Nats. Uh, but the Astros have been outstanding so far this season. Uh, game one, Friday night at 7.05, Josiah Gray will be the Nats starting pitcher. Game two, Saturday night at 7.05, Eric Fetty will be the Nats starting pitcher. And game three, Sunday afternoon at 1.35, Patrick Corbin will be the Nats starting pitcher. You tell us what you think. You can hit us up on Twitter at Nats underscore chat. You can email the podcast, Nats chat podcast at gmail.com, including if you would like to sponsor the Nats chat podcast, just hit up Tim Shovers. That email address again is Nats chat podcast at gmail.com. You can get yourself a Nats chat podcast t-shirt by going to Nats chat podcast dot square dot site. That's Nats chat podcast dot square dot site. And always know if you wear a Nats chat podcast t-shirt at Nationals Park, send us a photo and we'll tweet it out for you. Uh, again, you can tweet us at Nats underscore chat. You can email the photo to us as well. Nats chat podcast at gmail.com. All Nationals radio highlights on Nats Chat are courtesy of 106.7 The Fan. Mark will be back with me on the next installment of the Nats Chat podcast. Until then, I'm Al Galdi, and we'll talk to you next time on the Nats Chat podcast. As the Nationals are a strike away from franchise history and some World Series history, as Hudson tries to close it out, it'll be another 3-2 pitch to Michael Brantley. Hudson sets. The kick in, here it comes. Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books! The celebration is on! The Washington Nationals are the world champions! Remember where you are, so you remember where you are right now at 11.50 Eastern Time! Remember where you are on October 30th, 2019, when the Washington Nationals finished the fight from the depths of a forgettable 19-31 start. They have climbed to the top of baseball's highest peak, giving us all a finish to a season we will remember for the rest of our lives. The Nationals celebrate just behind the pitcher's mound. A world championship, Curly W is in the books. The Nationals down to nothing, six unanswered runs. They beat the Astros six to two. They are the world champions of baseball. Unbelievable. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.